On this episode of the Burning Rooms podcast, we are taking you to Eston, Saskatchewan, where we are joined by Jody Scholler. Jody has a passion for worship and prayer and also for raising up worshipers. She served as a worship pastor in Edmonton for a number of years, and she's currently the Dean of Women and Worship Director in Eston, Saskatchewan. This is the Burning Rooms podcast. Welcome to the Burning Rooms podcast, where we connect you with the heartbeat of the praying church, where we have the conversations and share the stories that encourage you and strengthen your corporate and personal prayer life. My name is Johan. And I'm Brian. And as you heard in the intro, we are joined by Jody Scholler from Eston, Saskatchewan. Actually, Brian, you know Jody a lot better than I do, so I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. All right. We'll see how this works out without Johan's excellent podcast leadership here. So, Jody, is this your global podcasting debut? Oh, yeah, 100%. I haven't. Nope. 100%. Never. This is the first time. We are honored. <laughs> wow. So another worldwide exclusive brought to you by <laughs> the Burning Rooms yeah. podcast. I'm glad I could give you this gift. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are sort of almost colleagues. This is my sixth year. I was just doing the math where I get to come out and teach like one week a year out at Eston College. So we love Eston College back when I was part of Sanctuary House of Prayer as one of our favorite places. We had connections going back probably seven or eight years there. Maybe just to start off, tell us a little bit about the school and how you ended up there. So I was uh, a student here first. Uh, my father attended well, it was called Full Gospel Bible Institute back in the very late 70s. Uh, he was a married student and got his, I think, three-year degree here. So Eston was always part of his heart. And so um, all of my siblings, we actually, all of us, um, attended Eston College for two to four years. So I was a student here in the early 2000s. And um, from there, I finished my degree at Vanguard College in Edmonton, which is why I then like worked in Edmonton for um, eight to 10 years. I can't remember how long it was for. And like there's people that I, I went to school with, Josh Chalmers, we were in the same first year class. And um, like he was still working at this school in 2019. And um, there were some other people too that I knew, like Brenda Frost. And so I just have always, and then I worked at an ACOP church, which is of course the affiliation with the college. So then I always like had, was in touch with this school, like just a little bit, or like, obviously I loved it too, because of my years here. So coming to the school or working at the college here was never something that was really in my life and that I thought that it was something that was really like probable. I just thought maybe you had to be like just super smart or qualified in a way that I never thought that like I could be or would be. And Jesus just led me to the school in such a beautiful season of my life. Like I can just tell too, like how he was working things in my heart to prepare me to come here. And I was just in this kind of like in-between season in my life where I had felt like the Lord called me to like spend some time with him, just like him and myself. And so I had just come through a stillness season, maybe where I was down at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City and was kind of at a crossroads of like, where Jesus, like, where do I go or what door do I walk through? And I just got a call out of the blue from from Josh Chalmers and Brenda Frost. And they told me that they think that they had a, a job, a position that I was perfect for. I, I can just remember, I thought, I thought that I was actually going to go someplace else. And I kind of felt like I'd already received this confirmation from the Lord for for something else. But then as I was talking to them and they were talking about what kind of like worshipers they wanted to develop and like who they wanted at the school and, and how they wanted like these people that shaped the culture of this school. And my heart was just like 
so strangely warmed. And I just started crying as they were talking to me. And I was like, oh, that's like my spirit is responding to something. So yeah, I prayed about it and I said yes to it. And um, so now I've been here. This is my third year working at the college in this capacity at as Dean of Women and Worship Director. Like part of it just sort of feels like a dream come true, but not in like a silly, like a dream that I never would have dreamed or, and just God opening a door that I never even knocked on. Like I just didn't think that, what did I have kind of that would be perfect for this, for this job, for this position, for this expression of his kingdom. And it's just been awesome. It's just been this answer to two parts of my heart where of like discipling young people and then in a sense, like provoking their heart for worship, for hunger for Jesus and partnering with his spirit and like what he wants to do in their lives in this season. And so I just love too that I just like jumped into this position and I feel like all I do is like experiment and like try things and every year is different, which I, oh, I love so much. And yeah, so anyways, I, I could just talk on and on and on about, about it, but that's basically how I arrived at this school and I'm just super grateful. Awesome. So jumping in a little bit, and I can I can already sense a few threads of where I think this discussion is probably going to go today. And one is like the the path the Lord has had you on of just growing you as a wholehearted worshiper of God. But then I think the other one is the equipping role that the Lord has clearly given you. And it's so evident, even just in hearing you for a few minutes, but also in knowing you as well, that this is your passion and your heart to raise up burning ones. So maybe the a good place to jump in at this point is, you know, God Clearly, I, I believe right now, I think it's clear he's raising up a, a prayer movement within his church. And it's not separate from the church. It's part of the church, but there's houses of prayer, but it's people who are desiring greater intimacy with him. And I think he's restoring that first love within his church. But in your own journey, what what is your story? How did your passion for worship begin? How did your passion for intimacy with the Lord begin? What was the journey that brought you to where you are right now? Like, I just want to be like, oh, do you have like three hours? Because that's how... <laughs> long it takes to like at least like even just like scratch the surface so like I was raised in a Christian family in a in a very pretty conservative Christian family that just sincerely loved Jesus and loved the Lord and both of my my grandparents too on both sides like also uh, uh, very Christian and so I come from such a wonderful heritage and I'm so grateful for that and just like very aware of how much like that has like also shaped my life just that influence in and of itself. So, but even being raised in a Christian home and not for lack of being told and I'm I'm sure of being shown, I just didn't understand like this like connection with Holy Spirit or or like I knew God loved me, but I didn't understand like how close he came or a big part of it is I just didn't know how to hear his voice for myself. So then I think, especially being raised in a church, then you very easily just default to like the checklist of what it means to be a good Christian and using however many check marks you have, basing that on how much God loves you or how pleased he is with your life or, you know, if you're doing it right. So, and then of course, just everybody just, no matter how good your life is or how traumatic maybe uh, your family life is, it just doesn't matter. There's just lies that they, that become attached to your heart and like lies about who you are and like how you view the Lord. So even though I was raised in this beautiful home, I just like felt like my heart was dead inside and I didn't understand. Like even then when I became more aware, like into my teens and into my twenties, I didn't understand how these people like love Jesus or 
Like it just felt like so much work to me or so hard or that I was just like trying, like faking it with good intentions because I knew that this is what we were supposed to do when, and what was appropriate and that we give our time to the church. And I've just always been musical. And my mom, like I have two older sisters and so any younger brother, but um, for my, like my mom would have the three of us girls, like we were part of a small church growing up. So we were always like singing little, you know, numbers, like during the offering and such like that. So just from an early age, like I, I was given opportunities in church and that became something then that I'm like, oh, I'm good at this. And I think this is like what I'm supposed to do. I, like, I just didn't know what else to do. Or I'm like, this is really the only thing that I'm good at. But I just, I just couldn't understand like how people could. And then like, as I got older and went through Bible college and just the coldness of my heart became more and more apparent and I didn't know what to do with it. And these people leading worship and they would like weep in his presence. And I didn't understand. I didn't know how they could love him like that. It was just such a disconnect. You know, I I also think this too, like what comes first? Like it has to be his spirit that awakens our heart, but then he also responds to hunger. So like looking back, there's been times where I'm like, Jesus, why didn't you awaken my heart when I was like 15? And I could have given you like two extra decades of just like passionately loving you and pouring out my life. And like, why didn't you? But then also realizing that he like, he knows, he knows my life and he knows how to use it the most effectively in his kingdom. So was it that I didn't have enough hunger or was he like keeping me like hidden in a way and building this beautiful testimony of my heart because he knows how to like effectively use it for him. Like I just don't even, part of me doesn't even care anymore. I'm just like, because I love you now, Jesus. And I love this story that I have and it's used in such a powerful way. So I just, but I just like walked in that, in that frustration and that coldness. So in my twenties, I just didn't know. So I just felt like I wandered so, so much, just just wandering, not really knowing how to pour out my life for Jesus in his kingdom. But then also like, you know, I couldn't walk away from him. Like I, I knew all these things. So when I, I got to my 30s and I just experienced a couple hard years in my 30s, just through heartbreak and this wrestle of like, who am I in? And why is my life just like wasting away? Like how how do I find purpose, Lord? And kind of thinking too, if I can just find the one thing, if I can just find the one thing that I'm supposed to do, that is like what you're calling me to, the the thing I was made for, you know, that one thing. If I can just discover that one thing, then I'm going to have happiness in life because Jesus will be pleased with me and the Lord will finally like love me and know that I'm walking on his path. And it's not like about like the the work we do. It's so much more and about like our heart. And I just missed that part for whatever reason, whether he kept my heart cold or not enough hunger, like, I don't know. And so then I get to this point in my thirties and I had a really great friend. This is when I was living in Edmonton and working as a, basically like a worship pastor at a church. And she just like so clearly loved Jesus in a way that I did not understand. And she started telling me some of her story. And I'm like, wait, like, how did you come from like those, these places of super deep pain like such and like and like trauma in your life and you are this beautiful blossoming like woman of god that like you don't carry this the scars like how how are you so different than me and so jesus used my friend dana to start making me hungry or aware in such a like if, if he can do it in her life like he can do it in mine and like her life was so much worse than i was mine was and so he began this journey of unlocking my heart, of revealing these lies that I believed about him, that he has good things for everyone else but me. And he talks to everyone else but me. 
And then slowly, like my heart felt just so stubborn and so cold. And <laughs> like, it just, it like took a couple of years of, of just this journeying to then get to this place where like, I just felt like, yeah, my heart was so alive. And it was really journaling that, that, that broke that barrier of like two-way journaling of listening to his voice and writing it down and like just experiencing it for myself, which I really hadn't done. So then through that, probably in, it was about uh, 2018 that then I, I was like, Jesus, I've spent so many, you know, like years in Bible college, like I did two years at Eston and, and then finished my degree at Vanguard College in, in Edmonton. And but I was like, I just feel like I wasted that time. Like now that I know you, like Jesus, I would love to spend a season where I can just sit at your feet and just let you like readjust things and continue to make my heart come alive. So then it just like through, I was just able to go to the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. And uh, I did, they have like internship programs, but really it's just like going and spending, you receive teaching and then you just sit in the prayer room. And I just felt like when I did that, the Lord just turned the heat up in my life to about 10 and all these things that like insecurities and fear of man and these, uh, you know, further or deeper or whatever, more lies that I believed about the Lord. They just like really came up and it was like such a beautiful season, but like I cried so much and like I loved it and hated it sometimes. And just this really big wrestle with the Lord of like, who are you? Yeah. So then I just got to experience who he was in a way that I hadn't before. And it was there too that like, it's so awesome being there. And here's all of these people that I didn't know this was a real job that these people were just like, this is their, this is their full-time position. Like most of them, some of them are part-time, of course, but that they just get to do this thing. They get to use their musical giftings and their love for Jesus and just minister to him. Like, and they're leading people in worship and they are part of this 24 seven prayer house. And I had no idea, had zero idea that this was a real thing. And I was like, so filled with jealousy. And I'm like, Jesus, how did they get to do that? And, and I, like, I didn't know, I didn't even know about this. So it was kind of like even through that purpose or through that time that Jesus was like, oh, you can have that if you want. Like, it's not just for a select few. And then this invitation that like saying like he has some like specific missional assignments for some people, of course, like like Moses and Paul and, and other examples in the Bible. But for the rest of us, he's just inviting us in that we get to choose how we pour out our lives and how we pour out our love on him. Like we get to choose partnering with like the desires of our heart and the things that ignite that passion in our heart. Like he's like, you can choose that. You can do that like as a gift of love for me. Like, And I, I hadn't really connected that before. And just, of course, the International House of Prayer, they just like that, like the Mary of Bethany and teaching like that, like that's such a, a huge theme in there at their house. So then I was like, okay, Jesus, if that's what I like, that's what I want to do then. If you will let me, if you provide a place for me, like I'll do this for the rest of my life. And what a joy and a delight that it would be to have that kind of like opportunity that like if I get to choose, like that's what I want. Yeah. That is so cool. We interviewed for our uh, last month's podcast, uh, Stephen Elksney, who's from the House of Prayer in Edmonton. And so, you know, in his testimony, he gets encountered when he's about 16 and he gets wrecked for prayer at like around 16 years of age. I think in my own story, it was like in my late 20s, early 30s, you're talking about in your 30s, like getting sovereignly encountered by the Lord. And one of the things that's just so encouraging to me in, in hearing that is just, oh, yeah, like, because I think there might be some people listening who go like, yeah, like, oh, man, I'm not one of these people who's like, 
I don't know, since I was 10, kind of got it, you know? Yeah. Because I know, like, Johan, you already had the calling on your heart from when you were a young boy. Like, you knew that you were called into this thing. And, and so you've shared a bit of your story on one of our earlier podcasts. But what encourages me is, like, it's a whosoever calling to burn for the Lord, right? And he will encounter us whatever the time it takes. Like, I mean, the Lord's just sovereignly doing it, and it's just so awesome. But I, I also just love how my, my life is this testimony that it actually doesn't, like, you don't have to be young. And you don't have to be like one of these, one of these ones that like has that calling or that like very like clarified calling, maybe like at a young time, there's just no limit to when your heart can like turn to Jesus or that you can receive that little spark and ignition in your heart to like burn for him. I just love that I am this testimony of, I don't know how to say it, but like age just doesn't matter. Like that's just something that's so not relevant to him. Like you can be 80 and receive this, I don't know, fire and uh, like, and it counts and it's meaningful and it like matters for eternity. So I just find that also like so encouraging. Like I have people that come to me and they're just kind of like, especially like here at Eston, I'll have students come through and then they're so on fire for the Lord when they're here. And then they go back to their, you know, to everyday life quotation marks and, you know, as if it's like different. And it, I guess it kind of is, but Jesus doesn't change. And they kind of drift away from him. And like some people carry a lot of discouragement over that, seeing their friends grow cold. And I and I just am so full of like, it's not optimism, but I just am like, oh, like, okay, so maybe they are going through a season of coldness, but that doesn't determine the rest of their lives. And Jesus is after their heart and he is full on just pursuing them. So it doesn't, that's not the end of their story if they're experiencing a cold season. So I like that I can exhort people that way too, just being like, oh, because if he did it for me, like he's just going to do it in other people too. It's not just a one person kind of experience. Like he desires this for every heart. And it seems like that is your testimony. Like you go to IHOP and I mean, I know when I go to IHOP and like, I, I could just stay here forever. Like this is what I'm made to do. But here you are like still tender towards the Lord and you're still a prayer movement person. Yeah. You know, like even when I was there and I was just like, oh, geez, like I thought like that was the expression in which I was going to step into and that that was what it was going to be like. And here I am at Eston College, which it's like the same, but different. This is just a different, like a different way that it's being put on display or expressed or that I get to like further his kingdom or like help do my part of like strengthening this like worship and, and prayer movement that he's raising up on the earth and and I just never thought that it would look like this or be this expression. And yet I'm just, I love that I get to like invest in these young ones. And then as they leave, as they go, like I get to be part of multiplication just because I'm here in one place and yeah, multiplying my heart and, and my passion, the way that I can like provoke these young ones. And then they go out and wherever they're planted, that they're like investing in that. So that's like a, such a sweet gift that I get. I get to be part of that. And I don't deserve it. It's just because Jesus is just this kind. And this is how the kingdom works. And I think we can be encouraged. You're in a small town and you found a way to give yourself to a prayer expression. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't need a house of prayer or an IHOP in your town or city to be able to do this, to be able to give yourself to it, to have that heart and express it. The Lord finds ways. And I mean, he put you in a small town and you're raising up a generation of worship leaders and intercessors, and you're doing it from a small little town in Saskatchewan, yeah. which is, I, I just find that really encouraging. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. I, I know already, and I think Johan knows the right too, we could, this, this is one that could go on for hours and we won't, but I do have a couple of <laughs> things to ask. 
One one yeah. thing, and, and I want to mention this even for our listeners to know, like the reason why we're talking about Eston College a lot and the reason why even we're interviewing you, it's not to do a promo for the school, but having been there as many times as I have, this isn't done, this is just not a normal school. And I know in conversations with uh, Sean Stevenson Douglas, who's the president at that school, like um, a man with experience of years of experience on the mission field, but also just this burning heart of prayer. And I know another one of your colleagues, Brian Carswell, who carries this passion for evangelism, but a heart of intercession. Like this is a school with a desire to raise up burning ones. And I just, I see that so clearly. And I mean, a bunch of different things I could say off of that. But one of the things that I thought was so cool was you guys hosted 40 consecutive hours of worship this fall, which I just love. And there's a whole bunch more we could jump off off of that. But tell us about that. Like, I, I just, I was so pumped. Like, I just thought, oh my goodness, because I know from being a part of the House of Prayer in Winnipeg for all those years, we know how hard it is to try to do, you know, if you're doing six hours on a Sunday, that's quite a bit. But 40 hours over a weekend, like you were drawing in people from across the prairies. Like, how did that thing even come to be? Well, like it just, it, it honestly, it's just the fruit of what the heart of Eston College is, where um, when we were talking about what we wanted to do for our conference in the fall, and it was just like, oh, like, let's do this. Thinking, especially in the, the context of like this season that this world is going through. Like, first off, people are hungry to gather, but then do they like need like just like one speaker that's kind of exhorting them through the course of a conference or can we just come and sit at Jesus's feet and just look at his face and, and just pour out our love and worship on him? You know, and we had never done any kind of extended burn other than like in-house, of course, where, you know, and then it's like student led. And um, so we were like, well, let's just try it. Let's just see if people will come and then if people will be involved and I could not, like on one hand, I just couldn't believe how easy it was. Like, of course, we kept stuff pretty simple. And I talked to Joe Sinanen, who's from Calgary and runs the Burn 24-7 ministry there and just asked him some questions of like, okay, well, how, like practically, what things can you give me that I can just like learn and glean from so that we can try to like hopefully avoid mistakes. But I think I'm so confident in this because Jesus is raising up this like worship and prayer movement across the prairies and like people's hearts were just like in it. And yeah, so then we just kept it simple and it was awesome and like so powerful. And there's also like a really great endurance that's also like built through like uh, having to, to do 40 hours of prayer. And my heart just expands with like joy and love for the students that they just took on so much, like filled all the spots that needed to be filled and were excited and full of joy that they got to like serve in this way too. So it was just so beautiful. And then like, we just had people from all over and to like a lot of uh, alumni that were excited to come back and help. So then there was something cool too, that like we had like new voices, but then we had a lot of returning voices that came and participated in in prayer and worship. And it just felt like such like unity and like it was just really beautiful. And we got so much positive feedback and and just being like, oh, we need to do this regularly, just providing this space for people to come and just sit at Jesus's feet for a weekend that we're cooking for them or whatever, that they can just come and rest and and connect with other people, with other believers and their friends and then pour out their love on Jesus. So, so it's great. And we're totally going to do it again because it was just beautiful. Which is so cool, which is why I just was mentioning earlier too, like I've never heard of a Bible college in my life doing something like that. 
you know, there's, there's retreats, there's weekend things that need to be done and things, but to, to take 40 hours and just, like you said, like, just look at Jesus. I mean, oh my goodness. Like, I just, I just love it because I think it's a picture of, of something the Lord's doing on a, on a larger scale. And I'll, I'll get you to comment on this. Cause I know you're also connected with some good friends of mine as well, Adam and um, Karina Tisdale and Brian Tisdale and Josh Parkman and the whole crew there at Deeper Life in, in Strasburg, Saskatchewan, just north of Regina, about three quarters of an hour or so. And what do you see, like when the circles that you're in right now, what do you see the Lord doing in Saskatchewan, in our nation? But what are your thoughts? What, what are you seeing the Lord doing right now in your circles? Mm. Well, I just, like how it feels to me is, I think it's called like the tectonic, tectonic, whatever, like the earth plates that there's like this like shifting that's always earth plates is yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> like that. yeah. That it's there's like this shifting of like foundation and that in that too, like sometimes there's like these explosions like that, I don't know, like volcanoes like under the seabed or whatever, like um explode or there's just like a new landscape um under the sea that and that's how it feels to me. I feel like there's like this shifting that maybe you don't always like see it on the surface, but there is like so much movement and as if too, there's like all this explosive like energy or new material or whatever that is just under the surface. And the Lord is shifting and moving things to create like this new landscape. Maybe if I can just like use that as a kind of an example, like you can just feel, and I feel like because I live in the prairies and because I think I, I feel so strongly that he has called me here to be a part of what he's doing. So I sense it for the the prairies, not saying that he's not doing stuff like all over the world, right? And mm-hmm. all over Canada. Yeah. Like I just think in the prairie provinces and in this place, he is doing something. He's shifting things and he is bringing like connections or um, like partnership between like different houses of prayer and different ministries and, and different people and different churches even that like, and, and is it that I'm just more aware of it now because like I'm here and he's like using me as one of these connector um, points or was I just not aware of it before? Like, I don't know, but I just, I know he's doing something and raising up. It's not just like one generation. I feel like he's just like raising up his bride that are on this march to become like pure and spotless and to pour out their love on him and to, to stand for like true love and, and true justice and true righteousness. And like, it comes out through like song and prayer. So I'm, I'm just like delighted that like I get to be one of the ones that he is placed in a place in a position where I carry leadership. And then I get to also have like a real part and whatever it's going to look like and whatever he's doing. And cause we're just on like a couple steps into the journey. Like this isn't, you know, the fullness of it, not even close. So I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to end up looking like, but it's just like awesome that I get to be a part. What a joy. What is it like? He's just this kind to me. Yeah. It's so good. You know, I was I was talking with a, a friend of mine recently, and he gets to travel. Actually, he travels across Canada with a, some ministry and stuff that he does. And he was just talking about how, in the midst of COVID, he had actually kind of gotten discouraged by some of the ways he'd seen sometimes churches react, things like that. And I remember, like, we were just talking back and forth, and just you know, when you're with a good friend and you can just be safe with each other and share what's on your heart. And then one of the things that just stuck out to me as we were talking, I just said, like, I'm just so glad that it's not me or pastors who's leading the bride, it's Jesus. Like that, in, in the midst of this season where for some people, and maybe it's been through the, the season of, of COVID stuff, maybe it's been through other stuff in your life, maybe we feel like our heart has been cold for a long time, maybe we feel like, oh, I see these people who are burning and I want my heart to burn, but I don't know, like, what? Well, I, maybe I'm just not one of those people, but it's like, no, Jesus is leading his bride, he's sovereignly calling people, he's sovereignly 
like touching hearts. And I, I always love the image, like he's an all consuming fire. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how cold a person's heart is. And it doesn't even matter. Like maybe someone's listening and you feel like, oh, my church, like it sometimes feels like hearts are so cold. Well, just, just pray for Jesus to draw near because if he draws near, those hearts are going to melt and they don't have a chance, right? There's no heart that has a chance when, when he draws near. And I, I just love that reality. I think we're probably getting near the end of our time here, but maybe a, a closing question I would have, and this is just a fun one because we always like to ask at these different places. So what is the Lord doing? And you, you hinted at this right at the start where you're almost in tears just talking about it. What is the Lord doing right now among your students? What's he doing among the staff, students at Eston College? What's, yeah, what's Holy Spirit doing? Well, over, over the school, like we've received like a number of prophetic words over the years. And I think sometimes I get like mixed up in the timeline a little bit or like where, which one was blah, blah, blah. But I just remember this from the last couple of years of like several people coming and being like, oh, like he's about to like really pour something, like something that's like intense or like new or like for this season. And we've just been like waiting for it, like preparing for it, I I, I would say is a better way of saying that, of, of just like asking for it. And there have been times, like I think it was like 2012 or in 2011, 2012, that we had like a, a season where like a year where he poured his spirit out and people just like slain in the spirit in the hallways. And we hear stories about, like I wasn't part of that. So I hear stories about that. And um, that just provokes my heart where I'm like, Jesus, I don't want, like, I want you to come, not just because we want signs and wonders, but when you come and you show up like that, like it transforms people's hearts. Like I, I never want to, again, like have like a, like put him in a box or say like, this is how he has to move or even demand it from him. Like he's such a good leader and I trust him. But I also like believe him when he said these things like that. There's like, he's going to pour out his spirit um, over Eston College. And one of the words was like, there's like a tarp over the college and it's like collecting all this water and that like, he's going to come and just like rip it. And all of this water is going to come and fall down. And there's probably more to that word. That's all I can remember right now. But that's like what I'm praying into. That's what I'm asking. Like, Jesus, come and like tear that wide open. Not just because I'm hungry for it. And I want it, but also because like for my students that they would just have this like undeniable and powerful encounter with you that like prepares them and empowers them for ministry that then when they go out, like they're carrying this with them, that they are prepared to like work in your kingdom in a radical way where love is the motivation and never works, never like trying to earn his favor. Like, so in my heart, I'm just like, is that what you're doing right now, Jesus? Like, like you're preparing us. And I know that my heart, like I just respond to him, like, you know, like I didn't cry at all before. And now I just like weep so easily. And I just, even this past week, like walked in, we have morning chapels that we call abide. And I just walked into abide. And the the moment that they like, just Joey played that first chord and they started singing and I'm just weeping. And I'm like, how, like what your presence, like, it's just like, so here. And then we just had a couple moments too this week where we're just praying and worshiping and, and there just feels like there's like a, like an extra sweetness or like a, a power that's coming. And so if that's what he's doing, if this is like a season that he's like gripping the the tarp, like I just want to be like so part of it and be aware of it and praying into it. And if like it's a longer season of like building or anticipation, then like I'm in, like I'm in, like I'll for however long it is. But I'm just like in my heart, I'm just asking like, oh Jesus, this semester this semester, this semester, like we want your presence to come like that. We want it. So I feel like there is just such a hunger and it, it does come like we have a like a little prayer room and often there's just students that are coming in and fasting and praying in like ones and twos and threes and just like these little yeses that that they are giving him 
and, you know, and every student to, you know, wherever their heart is, like, I, I feel like, like they're all saying yes to him. So because of that, like even the small yeses that when they're all joined together, like they build into this huge momentum or bigger or greater, whatever. I don't want to say huge, maybe units, but like it all comes together and all of that hunger joins and it pools. Yeah. So I just am full of anticipation for what he's doing because he loves us and because he loves the students that are here and that he desires to prepare them for the next season and that for their hearts to experience his love, just to have that moment. And they just know, they just know that he's real. They know that he loves them and they know that they are called, that they have a purpose and that they have a place in his kingdom. And I'm just like waiting kind of like at the edge of my seat, like, okay, Jesus, like, what are you doing? And I'm just looking and want to like, see, yeah, like where he is. And, and so that I can be one of the first ones that are just there and, and praying into it and helping like carry it kind of, you know, or steward it maybe is a better way of saying that. I think there's probably a lot of people listening that are provoked and they're feeling drawn to something in this podcast, whether it's your story early on, whether it's your tender heart right now, like I know, I know I'm provoked right now, <laughs> or or just what you feel like the Lord is wanting to do at Essen right now. Some people are saying, yeah, I want that too. So maybe you can just take the time to pray for us and pray for our listeners and those that just want to say yes to something that they heard today. And I think the Lord wants to encounter them. So maybe just pray for us. Oh, Jesus, we love you. And we love your nature. We love your character. We love who you are. We're so grateful for how you love us and how you pursue our hearts and that there's never, ever a heart that is too far or too cold or that we've just said no to you too many times that you've just given up and don't care anymore or are just annoyed or so tired with us that you just like don't have the energy anymore. Like that is not who you are. You are so kind and you are so loving and that you leave the 99 just to pursue the one, just to pursue the one. So Jesus, right now, if there's a heart that has heard this podcast and is listening in and they just feel, they feel like their heart is so hard. And yet there's like that, the smallest little flame of belonging. Jesus, I ask that, that you would just, they would feel like the, the, the passion in which you are pursuing them, that they would feel um, your presence surrounding them right now, that they would hear your voice of truth, that they would hear this. Like, I know it's like John the Baptist, that is this voice calling in the wilderness, but like, it's saying this, like, like prepare the way of the Lord. So Jesus, I ask that that they would have open ears to hear this, like calling them back to this place of passion, calling them back to this place of love, calling them back to this place of, of, of being at the altar and just being ready, like being open, just bringing their heart before you and then allowing you to do whatever it is that you desire to do in them, fast or slow, or like with a flood or with just like this gentle little like trickle in their hearts. Jesus, I thank you that you are pursuing their hearts. Father, I ask that you would give them hope, that you would give them the endurance that they need to continue to press in, to continue to ask, that you would give them even the words for them to pray when they don't feel like they have any left or they've just said the same things over and over again and felt like you haven't responded. Jesus, give them hope and give them endurance and give them the words to pray. And Father, I just ask that you would come. And Father, I thank you for how you were working in the prayer reason what you are raising up and the way that you are shifting things so that we are ready, shifting things so that we can like run when you come, when your spirit is being poured out, that that like our muscles are ready, even thinking of that, like ready to run this race. Like we've been training in this season. And 
So Father, I just ask for those that even maybe feel a weariness of of enduring and doing this and asking and and just not seeing or feeling like they're facing so much opposition and and just like that they can't keep their heart soft and tender or just how do you like battle the the bitterness or the tiredness of it, whatever it is, Jesus, I just ask for your spirit to surround them, that you would renew their bodies, you would renew their spirit, that you would renew their hope, and that Jesus, that you would just speak a word to them. That by your spirit, just connecting with their spirit, that they would just even have like a prophetic promise or even bringing back to remembrance the things that you said that stirs hope within them again. And Jesus, I ask too for those that maybe are in a season that they don't know where to step into next, that they feel like you're calling them, uh, that you're calling them to something and just don't even know what that is. And so Jesus, I ask for those that like feel that wanting to spend a season with you, I just ask that you would like open those doors that you would lead them that through a conversation or whatever. And like, if it's like an Eston college like place or a house of prayer or whatever it is, I ask that you would give them the, maybe the boldness to kind of step out of like, what's like acceptable or, you know, that you need to have a full-time job and whatever, like all the kind of things that we expect to like be successful in the world which are like good things. But Jesus, if you were calling them to step out of that, if you were calling them to go beyond what is like the norm, that you would give them the courage and the boldness to do so and that they would have radical obedience. I ask that you would give them that gift, that there would be such a longing in their heart that they would not be able to deny it, that they would not be able to spend another year of just working, another year disconnected from whatever it is that they feel drawn to. So Jesus, light that fire in their heart. Make them so uncomfortable that they cannot stay in that place. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to join with us today. And like one of the things that I think was really on Johan and my heart as we entered into this season is like, I think it's so important for people to hear the stories of other people across our nation of Canada as a Lord is lighting people's hearts on fire. And I think it's been pretty obvious that just as the Lord, I know, apprehended Johan in his life, apprehended me, he's apprehended you. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. And, and we want to continue to bring to our listeners different voices from across our nation. The Lord is up to something in this season, and sometimes it's, it's easy for us to miss that, but he's doing something. So. so just before you go off, maybe there's some listeners, maybe there's parents or students that say, Eston College. <laughs> Where can I find out more about Eston College? That sounds like a good place. I want I want my kid to go to where Jody is. Uh, where can they find information on Eston yes. College? Uh, so you can, we obviously have a website. That's estoncollege.ca. We also like have Instagram. And I'm pretty sure it's just Eston College. I don't think the, the name is any different. We have like twice a year, we have college experience in which we have students from, I think it's like grade 10, 11, 12, that they can come in for a weekend, just experience the college, hang out with students, like eat in the cafeteria, play games, like just kind of have an idea of what it's like um, to be here. So that's a really great way. Just when you're on campus, you can get like such a better feel if this is like a fit for you. So, and that information is on our website as well. We also have uh, four conferences um, throughout the year. That is another great way of, again, to be on campus. It's just so different if you're actually here, like pictures or even other people's stories only do so much. But when you're on campus and like kind of like get a, have a better feel um, for what it is and talking with teachers and such like that. So um, we have two young adults, but they're really more like anybody kind of conferences that happen in the spring and the fall. And then we have a junior high and a senior high conference as well 
So that's also a really great way just to kind of come and they're just awesome and super fun conferences. And like, it's a great place for parents for you to send your your students just to like encounter the Lord. And like, that's our heart's desire, not just to put on a fun time for teenagers. It's just so that we can like, you know, have fun and laugh together, but then also these times where they can encounter the Lord. So, um, so those are like events that we just have like during the year that people can come to and, um, and all that information is on our website or you can call the school. I don't know the number off by heart. Maybe I should, I don't know. And, you know, like talk to admissions or, the registrar and get more information that way. And if potentially this is a place where you can be. Awesome. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I would highly recommend the conferences because we I've been there. I haven't been to any of the young adult ones, but I've been to a number one of the number of the youth ones and are just amazing. And we're hoping I can actually take my students out for the, uh, for worship in fall coming up for next year. So, which would be awesome. So, Jody, thanks so much for joining us. Brian, again. You're so welcome. So, listeners, if you want to get more information on the Burning Rooms podcast, you can find us at burningrooms.ca to get information, contact us, uh, find episodes there as well. So, share the podcast with people you think might enjoy it. Until next time, my name's Johan. I'm Brian. And this is the Burning Burning Rooms (laughs) podcast. Podcast. It's getting worse. (laughs) It's getting worse.